Week 20 of the NBA 2021-22 season is over, which means it's time to run it back. This is Run It Back, NBA Week in Review. Voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports. Debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone the man up, you can ask Beach Basket. The Beach Basket, coming soon on air. The Beach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news. Like we're in the stands, creating views from the Astro fans. This is the show where we recap the week that was, then take a deep dive into that week for select teams. Tonight I'll be joined by Isaac Edelman of our partner site, FLTeams.com, with an update on the Miami Heat. And I will provide an update on the Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Clippers. However, before we get to those individual team recaps, we want to take a look back at the best averages of Week 20. What I mean by that is the player that averaged the most points, the most rebounds, the most assists, the most steals, and the most blocks in Week 20. Job. That is that. You have to close out straight to his body. Moran, straight line drive, finger rolls it up and in. 44 for Morant for the second time against San Antonio in two seasons. Uh-oh. Crosses over against Purtle. Isaac John Morant is going crazy. 45 points in week 20. This is the future face of the NBA. CP3 is out, but it didn't matter much. Cameron Payne led the league in week 20 in assists. Nikola Jokic continues to do amazing things in Denver. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them far in the playoffs, but he's amazing. Anthony Edwards, not necessarily known for his defense, but had four steals, averaged four steals in week 20. And then Big Z. Zubats came up big for the Clippers, single-handedly won this game for the Clippers against Houston with this block right here. This was actually called a foul initially, but then it was uh, reviewed and overturned. Those were the best performances in Week 20. Before we get to the team recaps, Hoop fans, I want to talk to you specifically. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. We're talking dagger three, buzzer-beating mid-range, hammer dunk kind of good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if that team wins. That simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. All right, now let's get right into 
our team recaps for the week. We're going to start by dropping the pin in Los Angeles. And I am joined by Isaac Edelman, uh, again, of our partner site, flteams.com. He'll be providing a detailed update of the Miami Heat, but I asked him to sit in with me as we talk Los Angeles Lakers basketball. Week 20 was a rough week for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, the record is right there. I don't want to dive too deep into that. Instead, I want to talk about the concern. The concern for the Lakers has been in week 20 has been the concern for the Lakers pretty much the entire uh, second half of the season. And, and that is, you know, does this team work? Every single time the Lakers make a, a take a step forward, they seem to take two or three steps back. I think at this point now, I think it's fair to say that this is the, this team is who they are. Uh, they, they, there's no more surprises. Um, they uh, Right now, their identity is they are going to be good for a quarter or two. They're going to show you flashes of what they can do. And then things fall apart. Either they, you know, they get tired, uh, defensive lapses, you know, whatever it might be, the other team goes on a run. Uh, and so there's just no consistency. Now, I'm saying this on the heels of a great win against Golden State, um, which was, was was phenomenal. But again, one step forward, two, three steps back. Now, on the bright side for uh, these Lakers is the next three games are against the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Rockets. Those are winnable games. I believe they got the Wizards not soon after that. So they've got some teams that they should be able to beat. Now, you know, the problem there is, it's a little, it's too little too late. Um, this Lakers team right now is playing for a chance at the play in tournament. Uh, there really is no opportunity for anything much better than that. That is certainly not what they expected. That's not what anybody thought we would be talking about in week 20 of this season. This was a prohibitive favorite to come out of the West and get to the finals. That's not going to happen. Uh, at this point, we know that. So the very best that can happen for this team right now is a play in uh, opportunity, and they're going to need to win you know, at least half of these next 20 or some odd games that they that they have left to finish the season. I'm not sure they can do that. They still have the second toughest schedule to finish off the season. So it's been a rough ride. Um, today, there was a lot of talk about uh, upper management uh, for the Lakers wanting to bench uh, Russell Westbrook, Coach Vogel deciding not to do that. There's, you know, rumblings that there's, you know, Westbrook wants to get traded. Um in, in the off season, it's just a lot of drama, which is kind of normal, you know, in, in LA, it's not unexpected, but it, it just, it just makes it really, really hard to, to sit down and enjoy a game, which, which was nice because tonight we got to do that. Uh, unfortunately it took LeBron scoring 56 points uh, to get the W, but you know, whatever it takes. And I think LeBron said that tonight whatever it takes, but you cannot certainly expect that from LeBron every night. You're not going to get that from LeBron every night. So yeah, the, the Lakers, you know, when they win, the fan base gets very excited. Um, but it's just, you know, when, when you, when you take a step back and you look at, at where they are in the standings, you know, how they've been competing all season long, it, it's just not good. And, and it, you just don't know, you know, what, what the next step is for these guys. I don't know that they have really any, any real options to get better in the off season, unless there's some dramatic trades. Um, and that's probably going to happen, but we'll leave that for another time. Week 20 for the uh, Lakers was 
like week 20, like week 19 and week 18 and week 17 and week 16. It, it just, it wasn't great. Uh, there were flashes of, of greatness, um, but no sustainability, no consistency. There were times when they just looked against the Pelicans earlier this week. They just looked so bad. They were booed in Staples Center. Um, and that caused a lot of issues. And a lot of people had different opinions about that. It was, it, it was not a great week. But they did finish it off strong with a nice W against the Golden State Warriors, the second best team in the Western Conference. So that's it. Unfortunately, not a great recap. Would love to provide a Lakers recap one week where, you know, they have a, you know, a three and a week, a four and a week and have really made uh, some strides in the right direction. Uh, I don't see that despite a good win today. Um, Yeah. I, I have to add some input in because the Lakers are such an amazing team. Yeah. A bad team at the same time. And I think you can all agree <laughs> about that. Look, you talked about LeBron James 56 points, which ties Trey Young for the most points in a single game by an NBA player this season. Wow. Does LeBron need to get 50 plus in order for the Lakers to win? Because I think at this point, it seems like that is the case. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's, there's literally no doubt. There's nobody else on this team, nobody that can be counted on. To, to score 20 to 30 points, right? If LeBron does what LeBron does, you know, he's averaging, I think, 28 points, you know, and, and, and he'll have eight assists, seven rebounds, something right along his average. That's not enough, right? Somebody else, and that somebody else was, you know, was always AD. This season, it was supposed to be Russell Westbrook. Somebody else has to score 25, maybe 30 points. And there's nobody else on this team that's doing that. There are t- players that can do that. Malik Monk has done it a time or two. Uh, Westbrook has done it a time or two. But there is nobody that you can count on to do it consistently. And worse yet, this team isn't very good defensively, Uh, at least not as good as they used to be. Right In 2020, they rode to the finals on the heels of being a phenomenal defensive team. If this team was up with a minute left to go or something, they were going to win the game. They were that good defensively. They're not that good defensively now. And they don't have the offensive firepower that they had. So LeBron scoring 56, yeah, man, that's a need. Because what you normally want is LeBron to put up 25 and AD to score 30. Well, LeBron just did it all himself tonight. And that's what it's going to take. Yeah, and then I have one other thing to add in on. I think you know that sometimes I like to say that, oh, this is the game that, you know, sparks yeah. a, a Lakers turnaround. Turns I know yeah, yeah. I, I know I said that a lot, especially after the Lakers overtime win when Austin Reeves hit the game winner over the Mavericks. So yeah. I know you, you, you know, I, I keep on saying that this is the time where the Lakers are going to turn things around. Is is this actually the time where the Lakers may turn <laughs> things around? No. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think you need an explanation <laughs> for that. I think that, that's your answer. I don't think yeah. there needs to be evidence. We know it's a no. Yeah, and I wish it were, you know. I, I, again, I, I think what could happen is absolutely they could beat the Spurs. I think that's very possible. I love the Spurs. I think the Spurs are a phenomenal team. Um, but, you know, the Lakers are riding high right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it could happen. Uh, and then, you know, they got the Rockets. They could beat the Rockets. They could beat the Wizards. These are, these are teams that they could beat. But – Every other game after that, you know, they got the Pelicans uh, down the road in New Orleans. This is a team breathing down their neck right now for the uh, for the ninth spot, which is just weird to talk like this about the Lakers. But that's yeah. what's happening. That's going to be a tough game. And the Pelicans right now are playing really well. Um, so they don't have any gimmies, but they do have a couple of 
I don't want to call them gimmies again because I'm a big fan of the Spurs, but I think they can win that game. They can win. They can beat the Rockets, although the Rockets have given them some trouble. Um, so I don't. Is this going to turn the season around? No, absolutely not. Uh, they're not going to go on a ten game winning streak. It's not going to happen. Uh, they're not going to you know get up to the sixth seed. I don't even think that's theoretically possible. You know what they're fighting for right now, if anything, is a play in, um, and you know. Their hope has got to be if you look at the you know the, the competition the, the next uh, twenty games down the road or to finish out the season, it's going to be tough for them to go five hundred in those few games. Yeah, and, and the Lakers play Golden State one more time this season, so yeah. I think that game will say a lot about both teams because Golden State is the second team in the uh, second seed in the West, yet they are playing similar yeah. to the Lakers. Um, They're struggling. Uh, and I think they have higher expectations than the Lakers simply sure. because of their record. So, sure. yeah, Golden State is definitely, you know, they definitely went home tonight, you know, really upset about this loss. And I think Steph yeah. Curry, even though he put up 20-plus points, he is not playing up to expectations. And I think he's just not played well since, uh, you know, just letting out all of his points in the All-Star game. Yeah, he hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked as consistent as he usually does. And, uh, yeah, the, the Warriors are kicking themselves. This is a game they had. Um, but listen, man, it's just too much LeBron. Um, and when LeBron shoots free throws like he did tonight, um, I think he missed one. <laughs> I mean, that's that's tough to beat. Um, and he was getting to the line and, and making his free throws, making his threes. Uh you know, you just saw a masterclass. Uh, and I think that's something that Kyle Kuzma actually tweeted. This was a masterclass by LeBron James, but you can't count on that. Um, but that's the Lakers week, hopefully week 21. You, I wouldn't be surprised if, if week 21 season with a winning record and, and, and people are excited again, but again, all fool's gold at the end of the day, I'm afraid for the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. That being said, let's go ahead and move on. We will now drop the pin in Miami, and we'll talk a team that's doing some good things in the Eastern Conference. Isaac, tell us about the week for the Miami Heat. Well, Jose, this team is definitely doing some fantastic things. Look, this is a team that really, unless you're a team that wants to tank like Orlando Magic and you want a high pick, you know every NBA team wants to win. And guess what? This is a team that is scaring everyone because. When you face off against the Heat, whether at home or on the road, you're not going to win games. And that's what the Heat proved this week because this week was a tough week for Miami. The Heat played some really tough teams, and it started off against the Chicago Bulls, who Jose knows I'm very highly on, so I came into this game with a lot of energy. But the Heat, like myself, came in with a lot of energy, unlike the Bulls. The Heat won 112-99, to but this is a game that was impressive. And it wasn't impressive because the Heat won. It was impressive because DeMar DeRozan scored 18 points. At this point in time, he had 10 straight games with 30-plus points. And the Miami Heat, with their top-tier defense, shut down DeMar and held him to 18 points, which isn't 30-plus points. So that is definitely notable because the Heat literally shut down the hottest player in the NBA. And I think there's few other teams besides the Heat who can shut down the NBA's hottest player. In yeah. this game, February 28th, Jimmy Butler had four, st- four steals in the first quarter, which is really impressive. 
In the game, Jimmy Butler finished with only 15 points, and Gabe Vincent really stepped up with 20 points. Tyler Hero had 20 points. Bam Adebayo had 15 points. Again, the Heat are not a flashy team. They just play as a team and combined, you know, all of their starters, a lot of their bench players, they it adds up to 100-plus points. Miami's next game, sadly, was a loss. Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks hit a game-winning layup with one second left. The Bucks won 120 to 119. Giannis did get 28 points and 17 rebounds. The Heat usually shut him down. But I think the big performances for Milwaukee were Chris Middleton, 26 points. Drew Holiday, 25 points. Bobby Portis, 15 points. The Bucks really outplayed the Heat. And as we know, the Bucks are one of the teams that will scare Miami. Yeah. Look, the Heat are first in the East, but there are teams that will scare us, and I think the Bucks are one of the few teams that do scare us, especially considering they swept us in the first round of the playoffs last year. But right. in this game against the Bucks, Jimmy Butler played 35 minutes, and he only had six points. And when you see that the Heat lost by one and Jimmy Butler scored six points, you soon find out that if Jimmy Butler played well, the Heat would have won this game. So that is one thing to consider. Again, Kyle Lowry hasn't played at all this week, so you do want to consider that. Right. Miami's next game was against the Nets in Brooklyn, which meant Kyrie Irving was not playing. However, it marked the return of Kevin Durant, who has missed a lot of the last few games for Brooklyn. Kevin Durant returned, as expected, 31 points. Guess what? The Heat won 113-107. to yeah. Max Drews had 21 points. Bam Adebayo had 30 points and 11 rebounds. Another double-double for him. And guess what? Jimmy Butler was not even playing for the Heat. P.J. Tucker wasn't playing for the Heat. He leads the NBA in three-point percentage, and he's Miami's defensive anchor. And then, of course, Kyle Lowry wasn't playing. Right. Now, I know Kyrie wasn't playing for Brooklyn, but that's kind of the new normal for them, right? I mean, sure. th- th- that's their normal. Like, you have to get used to it. I don't think that's an excuse anymore. Right. But, yeah. The Heat win. They they beat the Nets on the road. It's just so impressive. Now tonight, it's, it's, oh yeah. It, well, before we get to that, because I mean, I, I it's it's kind of mind-boggling, really. I had not really considered this. This three-one record is against the absolute best teams in the Correct. East. This is against the Bulls, the Nets, the Bucks, and tonight, go ahead. The Philadelphia 76ers. There you go. Look, That's perfection. That's look, a great week. James Harden did not play. I understand that. But I I don't think that's a good excuse because you know what I'm going to say, Jose? That was their normal, right? right, they, right. they traded him for – they traded away Ben Simmons for Harden. I know they added in Drummond and so on. But really, this is kind of like the normal Sixers team. Um. Joel Embiid played well. He, I mean, he's just amazing. 22 points, 15 rebounds. But in in the first half, he was held to 2 of 10 shooting. Again, he is the NBA's leading scorer. But what happened in this game for the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler had 21 points. Gabe Vincent, 16 points. Tyler Hero had 21 points. Look, Tyler Hero is the first Miami Heat player to score 20-plus points in six consecutive games off the bench. At this point, I don't even think there's a six-man-of-the-year race. I, I, I just think Tyler Hero already won Agreed. It. Yeah. Hard to agree. Or hard to yeah. disagree with that. Yeah. Guess what? Hero is the NBA's 25th leading scorer. I want you to know how impressive that is. Right? There's 30 NBA teams. 
You think the number one player on every NBA team has a high amount of points per game? Guess what? Tyler Hero isn't even Miami's top player, right? Yeah. And then there's a lot of teams in the NBA who have two top scorers, right? Stephen Curry and when Klay Thompson gets healthy. But a good example currently is DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, right? Sure. I, I just think that's mind-boggling that Tyler Hero is the 25th. Yeah leading scorer in, t- in terms of points per game in the NBA. That's impressive. Off the bench, too. I didn't even mention that. Like, wow. Right? This is how good this Heat team is. I mean, that 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 really sums up the week for the Heat. Like right. you said, Jose, this 3-1 record is against the NBA's best. And their one loss this week, which was against Giannis and the Bucks, they lost by one without a Jimmy Butler performance. He only had six right. points. So I don't think any of us are really upset about that loss to the Bucks. Team news. This is a big one, Jose. The Heat are going to get even I was just going to go ahead and send you the softball, but go ahead. I think I know where you're going. Go ahead. Victor Oladipo is back on Monday. You heard that. It's huge. I mean, it's going to be huge. It's not huge yet because he's going to take his time in terms of getting back in the lineup. But what scares me, and it's a good thing that scares you, is just how deep the Heat benches. Right? Like, who do they play? Who do they not play? It's a good kind of scary, right? Because it's always a good problem to have when you have a lot of depth, right? There's really no such thing as too much depth. But one thing to consider is when the playoffs happen. Now, the playoffs are going to come quickly. I promise you that. Right? The Heat have Gabe Vincent, Max Strews, Victor Oladipo is coming back. Who do the Heat play? It matters, right? Because in the playoffs... 20 points versus 15 points makes a difference, right? Playoff games are so close and competitive, right? So if Oladipo is going to add 21 points to the Heat's, right. you know, to the Heat on a given night, and Gabe Vincent's going to add only 16 points, it, it's a difference. But Oladipo is a star player when healthy, and the last thing Oladipo needs is for him to get injured when he comes back. I I just had that living on the top of my head because Oladipo has gone through that, right? He came to the Heat via the trade deadline last season. He played a few games, and then he got injured again. If that happens this season, I don't know what's next for Oladipo. Jose, do you have an answer to that? <laughs> no, man, I cannot see into the future. I wish I could. I wish him the best. I, I think the biggest concern, and you touched on it, is you know the other minutes that are going to be given up, right, as Oladipo gets back in. What's neat, though, neat is a, such a weird word there, but I, I'll go with it because I've said it. They're getting them back at the right time. You want a player to have at least 15, 20 games, you know, to get his feet under him, to really get some NBA competition. And, and the Heat have got that luxury now. They're getting him back at the right time. Best case scenario is, you know, he 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 acclimates, he gets his feet, he gets a shooting touch back. 15, 20 games will give him, you know, he'll get some running, he'll get some sweat in, against real NBA competition. It's perfect. You know, the the, the, the worst case is, 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 you know, another injury. I'm, I certainly hope that doesn't happen for him. But the other, you know, worst case is, you know, some players are, are, are going to – those 20 to 25 minutes he's going to get, maybe 15, 20 to start, are, are going to be given up, 
taken from somebody else and, and how that works out. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know, that's key, but I think, you know, you get back to heat culture, right. And, yeah. and I think, you know, Eric Spolster has been really clear with who is going to probably lose those minutes. Pat Riley has been really clear about that. No surprises. So I think it's a great, great situation for the Miami heat and for Oladipo. And that's really Miami's only team concern. I know you wanted me to discuss that too. So that's really the heat's only concern coming up though. March 9th, which is the upcoming Wednesday, the Heat play the Suns. I am invested into that game because the last time the Heat played, and that was the only time they played this season, the Heat beat the Suns. And that was with CP3 and Devin right. Booker on the floor. And that was without Kyle Lowry for the Heat. So you're talking about a team that doesn't even lose to the Phoenix Suns, who are <laughs> probably the NBA's best team, but I say the Heat are. And at this point, I think the Heat just need to look forward, stay healthy. Right. And I know I'm not that big of a fan of this, but I know, Jose, you were talking to me in Slack about the Heat, you know, just letting players rest. It's going to be yeah. important because the Heat need to stay healthy. Right. Luckily, we've had small injuries. We've had a lot of injuries, but the injuries haven't been like Anthony Davis injuries in terms of the length and, right. and how – you know, how much time players are missing. But yeah, Oladipo's coming back Monday. The NBA should be on notice. Agreed. Yeah, oftentimes it's not the best team that wins uh, and lifts the Larry O'Brien at seasons that it's the team that's got, you know, that was healthiest. Um, the Suns have been healthy. CP is down now. You know, the Heat have been mostly healthy. Um, we'll see if that continues. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I think the, the NBA is is aware. The Heat are, they're not flying under any radars uh, and they're just going to get better. All right, let's go ahead and drop the pin back across the country and go back to LA and talk to Los Angeles Clippers. Um, talk about a team flying under the radar. Um, this is a team, you know, going back to something, Isaac, you, you, you kind of touched on a little bit. You were talking about, you know, a team with two great scores. Um, the three best scores on the Los Angeles Clippers that, that, you know, that are employed by the Clippers right now are Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Norman Powell. Uh, number of times those three have been on the court together, zero, right? Um, number of times that um, uh, any, even two of those three have been on the score uh, on the floor together this season, uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, zero. Uh, this is a team that is missing the three best players and continue somehow to be good. Now, no delusions of grandeur uh, with this team. Uh, they, there's no expectation that they could win a chip. I, I just I don't think that's going to happen. They just don't have the talent. But what they do have is the grit, the passion, the heart. They're just a legitimately fun team to watch play because they, they're in every game. It doesn't matter what the score is, whether they're up 20 or down 20, they're going to play hard. And, and that's endearing uh, to the fan base. They had a great week in week 20. They went 3-0. and uh, One of those games was against the Lakers. Um, you know, there was a nationally televised game. There's a lot of, uh, you know, publicity around that game. Reggie Jackson went off. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, this is a very good team. There are no stars right now. You know, Reggie Jackson will have a good game. Marcus Morris will have a good game. Zubats will have a good game. Um Amir Coffey, who is not particularly well known outside of Los Angeles and you know Clipper Nation, um, is, is a great solid piece. Um, 
Brandon Boston Jr. These are just a bunch of no names, right? Uh, but they they play well. They play as a team. Uh, Luke Kennard, and I could go on and on. Uh, they're, they're, they're just all solid players, um, and they are still waiting for their big three. Uh, now, the news out of Los Angeles is that, um, you know, Paul George might be close. Um, there are, you know, there's certainly some hope, you know, that Kawhi will see some time this season. I don't know how, how true or not that would be. Um you know, there are rumblings that it might happen. So people here, you know, fans of the Clippers are pretty excited because you add those three, you know, to a, a squad that plays like this squad does, and that could be pretty potent. Um, but the Clippers, if they're going to get any of those three players back, they got to do it too soon. Getting back to the Oladipo thing, you really want your team to have 15, 20 games at a minimum to, to, to really understand each other, to, you know, for the player to get their feet, but for the team to acclimate it and to understand, you know, we were, you know, we were just talking about the potential downside of Oladipo coming in and taking somebody else's minutes away. If three players were to come back, imagine, I mean, there were some players that have to be cut. Uh, everything would change uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a good thing, but, you know, there are some potential dangers there. Now, I don't think any of that's going to happen, um, but, you know, the Clippers have notoriously been very good at keeping things under their hat. You know, we never know what's going to happen uh, with them until it happens. Um, so we'll see. Um, but, I, I, you know, what I can say definitively is this is a, a good team, a fun team. Uh, a team with heart and hustle and they just, they win. They just win. Uh, they win games. They shouldn't win. And they're in games. They shouldn't be in and they never lose because of a lack of hustle. And that's all you can really have. That's, that's all you really want uh, out of a team that you're a fan of, I, I think. Um, and so not a, you know, earth shattering week in the sense, I mean, three Oh is great. They were undefeated, but, you know, they, they, they didn't move up in the standings or anything. Nothing significant happened. No you know, incredible team news or anything aside from those rumors. Um, but um, overall, you know, a good team with a good week. Um, and this is a team that's solidly in the play-in. And, uh, you know, I could see them certainly making the playoffs. Um but then, you know, matching up against the Suns or the Grizzlies or the Jazz, you know, might be tough. Uh, but we, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, we'll certainly address that when uh, when that when that time comes. But overall, a decent week for the Clippers. Um, their fans remain happy. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think if Ka- Kawhi, and again, it's an if and not really a when, um, when Kawhi comes back and you know, this year's early season, Paul George, you know, right. combined with Luke Kennard, who's having a great season. Mm-hmm. You know, when the playoffs come, you play practically the whole game. And that's when I think the Clippers will do good because they're literally going to rely on two players and maybe Luke Kennard at times. And guess what? The Clippers are beating the Lakers. That's not saying a lot. That's all. I just had to add that in. I mean, there's that rivalry between the two LA teams. The Clippers have gotten all of the Lakers this season. And they may face off in the playing tournament. So I I just don't (laughs) see – I don't see the Clippers losing that because they may have Kawhi. 
and Paul George for that game in addition to their current squad. So, yeah, we'll see. I still think it's a bit of a, you know, outside chance, but even without those two, I, I think, I don't think the Clippers are going to have any real challenges in, in the playing tournament. I think they're going to be okay. Um, you know, you mentioned the Lakers game. There was a lot of news, you know, after that, you know, they did sweep them four and out, but the Clippers have been better than the Lakers. And I'm just talking head-to-head matchups, right? So don't be getting mad at me. Head-to-head matchups. The Lakers have not won a season series against the Clippers since 2011-2012. Uh, it's crazy. Um, they, they've just been better than the, the Lakers, you know, for, for 10 years. Now, the thing is, the Lakers were better than the Clippers for 20, right, for the first 20. And in those 20, they won, you know, five or six championships. In the 10 years that the Clippers have been better than the Lakers, they haven't won anything. Um, and the Clippers are aware of that. I mean, believe me, they know. And that's that's the issue. Uh, and everybody talks about how, you know, the Clippers have got to win something to get some respect. Uh, you know, we'll see. I I, I don't know. I, I The whole Clipper-Laker thing just, you know, it rubs me the wrong way. I, I, I just think they're two basketball teams. And right now, one's got the better of the other. That's it. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things play out for them. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think the Clippers are, are kind of not fighting for a playing tournament. They're in it. Um, there's an outside chance they might be able to get out of it into the sixth spot, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so in a lot of ways, the Lakers and the Clippers are kind of in the same boat where the Lakers are just kind of fighting for the play-in. I think the Lakers, the Clippers are going to have no issue uh, making it, and then we'll see what happens after that. All right. Outstanding. Always fun to talk. Lakers, Clippers, Heat. Now, let's talk the NBA in general. The NBA question of the day. Before we get to that, though, let me remind you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DTBPN, TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. NBA question of the day, kind of an easy one this week, I think. I don't know that we're going to have to dive too deep into this one, go down a lot of rabbit holes. Pretty simple question. The 2021-22 NBA champion will come from which conference? There's only two. Eastern Conference, Western Conference. I'm a Western Conference guy. Isaac, you're an Eastern Conference guy. So I think it's a great uh, uh, opportunity for us to, to, to kind of, you know, talk this one through. I asked this question because Steve Priscillo uh, recently wrote an article uh, about how for the first time in a long time, he sees uh, you know four to six different teams in the East that have a legitimate shot at, w- at winning the title. The we the East for a long time, you know, has has not been the stronger of the two uh, conferences. I think right now they're the stronger of the two conferences, um, and, and that's a bit of an eye opener as a West Coast guy. Uh, but I think it's pretty obvious. So, um, Isaac, I'll let you go first. If you had to make a bet today, who is going to raise the LOB trophy at season end? Any, an East Coast team or a West Coast team? Well, it's going to be the Miami Heat, so that's an East Coast team. Um, in, in all seriousness, if it's not the Heat, I do see it being a team from the East. Whether it's the Bulls, the Heat, the Sixers, yeah. the Nets, the Bucks, 
I think all of those teams I just mentioned yeah. have a higher chance than the Suns. Yeah. Book it. I, I really do. The Suns probably have the highest chance to make the NBA Finals simply because they have the best record, but they probably are the best team in the West. I just, I just like whatever, te- whatever team from the East makes the Finals, they obviously got to the Finals by winning games, and they're obviously a good team. And I just think that Giannis or DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine or Ben Simmons in the finals would even be amazing. Wow. Like, <laughs> the, the, the only thing about the Heat is the Heat don't have that star player like DeMar or whatever, but the Heat plays the team, so I'm not worried about the Heat. But, yeah, I, I don't see any team in the West competing with any of these East teams. I'm not even going to bring in the, you know, the Heat. Like, let's say the Bulls or the Nets. Like, I don't think the sun, it's really only Devin Booker. CP3 just dishes out passes. I mean, that's it. Um, the Grizzlies are, could be like that surprise team. I don't know if any of you viewers watch the NFL, but the Bengals obviously weren't even favored to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think the Grizzlies are in that same boat. I think if you guys watch the NFL and the NBA, compare the Grizzlies to the Bengals. I think the Grizzlies yeah. could make a push. But, yeah, none, none of these teams in the West, and this is a rare thing. I, I love Steve's article. I think people should read Steve's article. What Steve said is 100% correct, and that's why when the West and the East teams played in the All-Star game, the West team always dominated. They dominate because they got better players, but the East has got better teams. Is that what you're saying? No, no. the the West The West players were better, and that's why the teams were better. But this is one of the first years in forever that the gotcha. East, the East is better, and that's what Steve was saying in yeah. his article. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, okay, so you're voting East, and and and, and obviously, um, I, that's what I expected. Um, but yeah, man, I, yeah, it'd be silly to disagree with you. When I look at the West right now, um, if the Suns come out of the West, um, you know they're, they're going to be, you know, a force because they were there last season. But the reality of it is, nobody on that team has won uh, a final. Um, if the Grizzlies were to come out, and I really think right now the only three three teams that I think have a legitimate shot at, at representing the West are the Grizzlies, the Heat, and the Suns. Um, so if the, if the Suns come out, you know, they've got finals experience, but they've never won one. The Grizzlies, you know, like the Bengals, I think it's a great analogy, would kind of have a little bit of a deer in the headlights uh, moment. Um, and, you know, the Bengals lost. Uh, and I think that would probably happen to exactly. uh, the Grizzlies. Now, the, the the dark horse would be the Warriors, right? Because not only have they been to the finals before, they've won them before. Now, if they were to be able to make it there, that would be a team that, that could win. Uh, not just get there, but could win. But that's the only team. And right now, this team that we're talking about, the Warriors, have lost three or four in a row after losing tonight. Um, and they're shaky. I mean, they don't, they're certainly not the same team. Of course, they need Draymond back. So that might change things. Um, but I just don't see a dominant, dominant team. Um, Chris Paul's got to come back and he's got to be healthy. Um, and then, you know, the Suns, I think the Suns, obviously, and the Warriors rise above even the Grizzlies. Uh, and I love the way you worded it. I think the Grizzlies are a perfect, you know, dark horse team. Uh, but then you look at the East and you go, man, <laughs> there's so much 
horsepower out there. Now, let me tell you, the only way this could play out for the West, the only way, is to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and ultimately to the Finals. The, the, the team that gets there is, is going to be a survivor in the sense that they've, they've had to go through multiple rounds of great competition. That sucks a lot out of you. I don't think there's going to be very many you know, 4041 games in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, these are going to be competitive games, and you yeah. played multiple seven-game series. It's going to be rough. So in a very real way, it could be that the East team gets there, and they're just tired. They're sore. They're hurt. You know, at this point, everybody's hurt. It could just be compounded to the point where they're just not themselves. But so, so they're going to get to the finish line and just not going to have enough to get over it. Um, and and then the West Coast team, you know, could or the Western Conference team could could sneak in there. But yeah, man, right now I, I think anybody who looks at this objectively has got to be, you know, got to think seventy five twenty five. Um, the, the champ is going to come out of the East. Uh, and and uh, I think it's going to be, you know, deserved because that East just looks stacked right now. So, and, and you know what it is? Say it, I, but East. Go ahead. While, while you were speaking, uh, and I was listening to you, I was just thinking of these teams in the East, these top teams that I mentioned. They all kind of have like these big threes. And mm-hmm. the, the teams in the West do not have big threes. Some have duos, but. Like the the Grizzlies are good, but they really only have yeah. John Moran. I know this Desmond Bain, who's amazing, yeah. Yeah. but he's not. That's really not like a duo. But yeah, I'm thinking like these teams in the East, right? Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Hero, and Bam Adebayo, Demar Derozan, right? And and you know the same for the but literally, I don't need to list everything. Like all these teams have like trios and, and, and great yeah. duos. The teams in the West don't necessarily – some do, but you know what I mean. And I think yeah. that that is involved, right? I think that's what I thought of makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, agreed. I, right now, um, the East has got the upper hand. I don't think anybody is denying that. What's interesting when you look at the records, though, you know, the Suns and the Warriors have got more wins than any team in the East. But that's probably because they play more games in the West against Western competition, which isn't necessarily as good as East Coast competition or Eastern Conference competition. So, yeah, listen, we can we can talk about this all day. We have to wait and see what happens. That's what I love about sports, right? You just don't know. We don't know what injuries are going to occur. Uh, we don't know, you know what's going to happen in, in terms of who knows what. Uh, you've got to play the games. Uh, so competition on paper doesn't mean anything it matters when you're out on the court and that's what i love about the game that's what i love about competition but i think we're in agreement uh right now if we both had to bet uh, our money's on the eastern conference crowning a champion in the 2021-22 nba season the season is winding down that's it that'll do it week 20 is in the books join us next week when we run back week 21 thank you for watching Thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports, debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Beach Basket. The Beach Basket. Coming tune on that, the beach basket, where the news begins, we're dropping news.
like we're in the sand.